thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. We're going to wrap up Psalm 119, so go there. Psalm 119 outline is on the bulletin on the back there, and um, we are in Psalm 119, longest book in the Bible, right there slap in the middle. We're going to look at verses 129 through 176 this morning, and what I've been doing is, instead of reading all that, um, I'm just taking it, there's about seven or eight verses in there that are kind of chunks or just sections. And we're going to look at each one of those sections and see what God has to say to us in those individual sections. Uh, and, and if you can go back and read all of it later, but I didn't, we don't have the time to do that on a Sunday morning message. And uh, I would not beat you up with all that. That'd be tough on you. So uh, if you'll go into your word, let's look at verses 129, or that section 129 through 136. 129 through 136. Look at verse 29, your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. Look at 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Mm. My friends, let me say something to you. The word of God will make complex decisions of life, fog of your life, clear. If you will just discipline yourself enough to get away and get alone and get still, I promise you the I don't knows will become the I do know. My friend, I'm going to tell you, we're entering a time of the season, and I'm telling you, I'm a fall, winter kind of guy. Summer's okay, but after about two weeks, I'm done. So, so fall and winter's beautiful, okay? Those cool, crisp mornings, you can't beat the Word of God, some good coffee, okay, and the Word. Uh, I'm just telling you, I, I mean, it doesn't matter the rest of the day how it goes. That's a great way to start the morning. So I encourage you, as we've just, we basically have just you know, in the Word, in the Word, in the Word. I think I've said that, you know, 97,000 times this summer. But, but we're entering a time of year, and we're going to get these mornings where if you could just sneak away and get your Word in a cup of coffee, and it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be in the cab of your truck. You can be on the back patio. You can just be somewhere where you can get alone before your day starts. My mom used to tell me, Jeff, your day will go better if you'll see Jesus before you see everyone else. Mm. I'm going to tell you, your response to other people will be better if you can see the face of Jesus before you see their face, okay? Because I'm telling you, they'll test that, okay? So I want you to go, I want you to, go to Romans chapter 12 with me real quick. Romans chapter 12, we're talking about in this section, it talks about God's word Illumines, illuminates the minds. It, it brings, enlightens the mind. It does do that. That's what that whole section's about. That it, the unfolding of the words give, gives light to the simple. Okay? I want you to look at 12, uh, Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what his God's will is, his good, pleasing, 
and perfect will. My friend, listen to me. The renewing of your mind with the word will help you determine what God's will is. You say, well, God's will can be big. My friend, listen to me. God's will can be the answer to the question today. Okay, I mean, you've got something going on. Marriage, children, future, career, work, decisions. You've got a decision to make. It feels big. It feels like a monster. It feels overwhelming. It looks like you're not going to be able to figure it out. It's complex. You get all these people give you advice. You get all these words from everybody else, but you still don't know. My friends, you have to get away and get alone with the great I am. If you can do that, he will renew your mind, and he will make the complex simple. The pattern of this world we do not get up under. Be renewed, not by the world's pattern, okay, but by God's pattern. I'm going to start a series next week called In, the, in It, But Not Of It. We're in it, but, but my friend, we're not of it. And we're going to just, we're going to spend the fall looking at it. How do you live today in it, but not be of it? Because we're passing through, my friend. And I'm going to tell you, as the latter days come, the believers, mm, mm. I mean, we're about, to, we're about to separate the men from the boys. I mean, none of this, oh, I, I go to church on Sunday, but I live this way. No, you're, you're going to go to church on Sunday, and Monday you're going to live that way also. Because there's no fence riding in the future. They're either black or white, saved or lost, love Jesus, hate Jesus, is a God, no God. I mean, you either got the hope or you don't have the hope. And we're about to separate all the lips with feet. All this yep, 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 and I love Jesus, but I live like hell? No, that, nah, that's not going to work anymore. And I'm sorry, that's probably not good seminary talk, but that's just the fact, Jack. I mean, that's just the way it is. We're, I mean, the days are about to test what's in us. It's going to test us, and we're going to jump into that series. I'm sorry, I'm kind of jacked already. So we're going to jump into that, all right? But, but I'm telling you, the renewing of the mind is what we've got to do. Man, your head, your little donut up here is powerful, powerful, because stinking thinking can produce stinking living, okay? And victorious thinking can produce victorious living, but you've got to be careful what you put in it. I know there's good books. And I know there's good advice, but there is no better book and no better advice than Jesus because he changes everything. I'm just telling you right now. So you got to illuminate the word, the mind. The mind, the word of God will illuminate the mind. Let's keep rolling. The second section, verses 137 through 144, I want you to see one verse for me. Uh, we're looking at God's word incites zeal. Or gives you a little giddy up, okay? It incites zeal. Look at look what he says in verse 139. 139. My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Mm. Y'all feel that way every once in a while? I'm like, dude, why does it look like that evil wins? Why does it look like ignorance is brilliant? Why does it look like morons look like they walk with God. Why is that? Why, when I turn the TV on, I'm like, dude, what in the heck? 
And sometimes when I'm reading the Word and I, and I see it, I can lose my zeal a little bit. I can lose my zest. I can think, man, did the righteous really win? When, when's that going to start popping up? But my friend, listen to me. Don't you worry. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Don't think God's not keeping score. Don't think God's not in control. Don't think God sees what's going on. Let me tell you, there is a day of harvest. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm really, really glad I'm in a grain field. I'm really glad I got a big, thick wheat field. All right? Because there's a day of harvest coming. And I'm going to tell you, what we think looks like winning, oh, it will be quickly reminded to us and revealed to us that, oh, they're not winning. That the righteous are winning. And you can look at this world too long and live in this world too long, and you begin to become succumbed to this world. And you've got to get out of there, and you've got to get into this, and you've got to understand that build my house upon a rock, and the word of God will prevail. The word of God will go out, and it will produce a harvest in which he intends. Don't lose hope. Don't let your zeal wear out. Don't, if you're giddy up right now, if, if you've got wet wood and you can't get it lit, then you better come back to the fire because I'm going to tell you, this right here will light your wet wood, okay? It'll dry it up. You'll become kindling, dude. I mean, it, you, you will be a spark, and you can, you can start getting a humbug about God. I'm going to tell you, that what, what, what gets you humbug is, is absence from here. When you, when you take absence from here, when you have vacations from here, when you have lapses and long tenures between the word, you talk to people in between those, those, those long laps between the word, they can, they, can, they can look pitiful. They can have pity parties. They can have the monies and no testimony, okay? You got to get in the word because you can lose your zeal if you're not careful. Let's keep rolling. 145, verses 145 through 152. I want you to see a couple of them. 147 and 148. Look at these verses. I rise before the dawn. Some of you are like, oh, no, that's not good for me, okay? I rise, and that's all through Scripture. I'm sorry, Jesus said he got up very early, okay? Right. Uh, I rise before the dawn, and I cry for help. I have put my hope, watch this, I have put my hope where? In your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Mm. Yeah, that 4748 is enough. I'm just get that. I rise early in the morning in your word, and I trust in your word. My hope is in your word. My hope is in your word. Uh, when I was a student pastor in, at First Baptist Gladewater, fresh out of college, probably 25, 26 years old at this point, before I ever met my gorgeous wife, but I was doing student ministry in my first full-time youth job. Uh, I was activities, youth at activities. Remember when y'all had those things? That big family life center, I had to take care of that and, and basically do all the youth stuff. And, I, and, and that particular year, and I do not know why, but that particular year, I had two students, two high school students in my student ministry that, that got cancer, got leukemia. Diagnosed with leukemia. And one was a twin. He had a brother, a twin brother. They were fortunately identical twins. So a bone marrow transplant from the twin brother cured that brother. He's married today, and I think they adopted. Is that correct? They have adopted children. And, and, and that was beautiful. The other one was a young lady. She was 16 years old. Her name was Hope. She was a cheerleader. This girl... You're talking about the joy of the Lord. Every single day, I don't care what kind of day it was, 
she beamed just a joy. She had this radiant glow about her. And she was, she was very attractive, not just physically in beauty, but, but, for, but the Jesus in her just constantly flowed out. She drew a crowd, man. They loved her attitude, her spirit, and everything. But she came down with leukemia. And both of them were in Dallas Hospital, up at, upstairs in the cancer unit, and I used to go visit them. And one day I walked into Hope's room, and she was sitting up in bed, and her mom was over in the corner, and I sat at the foot of her bed, and we were just visiting. And she was telling me about her day and what goes on, all sorts of stuff. She asked how the church was doing, la, 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 la. Then she said this. She said, Jeff, do you, know, do, you, do, you, do you know what it's like not to have hope? Now, I'm 25, 26 at this point. You know, played college ball, still kind of work out, very good shape, had a nice little house, had my first job, nice car, drove there, AC, that kind of stuff. I mean, no, I mean, no, I, I, I told her, no hope. I, I don't know what it's not like to have hope. And she looked at me and she said, neither do I. I got Jesus, and he's all I need, all I need. I'm going to tell you, that's when 16 teaches 26. That's what that does. Out of the mouth of babes. We visited a little bit more. We held hands. I prayed over her and her mom, and I left. If you've ever walked out into a hallway of a cancer unit, mm, the sounds and the cries are enough. That elevator door can't open quick enough so you get down to the first floor. Got down to the first floor, went out to my car, got in my car. Drove two hours back to Longview, Texas, or Gladewater. And I'm like, do you know what it's like to have no hope? No hope. Let me tell you something, my friends. That section right here, God's word inspires hope. Yes, it does. Because we all need that at times. If your hope is in anything but Jesus, you're going to, going to, going to. I promise you, you're going to be frustrated. Put your hope in something that never, ever changes, and his name is Jesus. I know right now, as you're hoping a career, hoping your family, hoping this. I mean, Brett and Allie are all excited about their career and families, and Natalie's dream is to be a mom and all this stuff, and I hope all that comes true for her. But beyond any of this, man, beyond anything you do, everything you do, don't put your hope in that. Put your hope in Jesus. Pursue it, but pursue Jesus more in the path of your dreams. Because if you never get your dream, you still got Jesus, and he's more than enough. And even if you get your dream, it's sweeter because Jesus was with you. Let Jesus be your hope, my friend. Don't put your hope in anything else. I mean, if you're like me, the quarter ended in August, you got your stuff in the mail. Mm. I don't know about y'all, but mine went the wrong way, third quarter, all right? My hope's not in that. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but as for me and my house, we trust in the Lord. Amen. We trust in the Lord. What's your hope in? The question this morning for you is what is your hope in? What is it in? If you rise early and get in this word, your hope will be renewed in Jesus, and he'll be plenty for you. He'll be more than enough for you. I got a row. Next section, 153 to 160. 153 to 160. In this section right here, we're talking about God's word increases your faith. God's word increases your faith. I want you to go to Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans chapter 10. 
Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 17. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes from where? From hearing the message. And the message is heard through what? The word of God. Had a guy one time tell me, Pastor, I got a faith problem. I do. I got a faith problem, man. I just, I have a faith problem. I need more faith. And I said, sir, you don't have a faith problem. You got a word problem. If you will get in your word, if you will rise early as commanded, and as if you will get in the word, your faith will increase because the word in you. Listen to me. Jesus said that, he, that he, he's the word and he dwelt among us. He's flesh. When you're meeting in the word, you're meeting with Jesus. Jesus is flesh. The word is flesh. It dwells among us. It becomes in us. I mean, it becomes in us life. It becomes in us faith. As you read the word of God and you put that word in you and you begin to walk that word out. Let me tell you something. When you got that word and you see that word and that word produces faith in you, you don't have a faith problem anymore. You won't. When we stepped out on faith as a family, I'm going to tell you, we, it's, it, it's scary. But it's not as scary as you think because you know that the word is a promise that will not be broken. You can trust the word. Listen to me. All through Scripture, God worked in people's lives. But I'm going to tell you, he's working the same way today. He's not changed his ways in speaking to man. The word of God will increase your faith. If you're weak in faith today, get in that word. Get in that word and hide, your, hide that word in your heart. Hide that word in your heart. Put that word in your heart. Script, Colossians says, dwell in you. Let the word of God dwell in you. If you'll let that word dwell in you, it'll become part of you. And let me tell you, these little faith steps that you have to take, you'll take those faith steps because you're a man or woman of the word. You trust the word, and you'll step out on that word, and that rock will hold you, man. It'll hold you. So get in that word. James says, be doers of the word. Yes, not just hearers. Faith isn't in hearing. Faith is in hearing combined with doing. When you combine the two, you will produce faith. You will have faith. Let's keep rolling. God's word, sections 161, 161, 168. God's word infuses peace. Mm. That's an incredible word, peace, today. Peace. Not as the world gives, as Jesus says in John. Not as the world gives, but as I give. Look at verse 165. 165. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Great peace for those who love your law. Great peace. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. Mm. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Let me tell you what else peace does. It gives health to the body. I'm not a medical doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but I will promise you this. Those who are in peace and at peace stay well longer, 
And if they get sick, they get better quicker. A body that is at peace will be a more healthy body. Okay? And a body that's at peace when sick will heal quicker. Promise you. Because that's the creator that did that in us. When he gave a body to be at peace, and he likes a body at peace. When a body is at peace from the inside out, the body operates and runs just like the creator ran it. And his desire is for you not to be sick. His desire is for you to be well. Okay? And he loves that. John 14, 27 talks about that Jesus said, I came, I'll give you peace, not as the world gives you, but as I give you. The world cannot give you peace. Please hear this, believer. You cannot get peace from this world. You cannot. Now, they'll produce a buffet that'll make you stuff like a pig and you'll feel good. That's not peace, okay? They can entertain you with nice gadgets and toys and beautiful homes, cars, trucks, all kind of stuff. They can give you all of that stuff. They can produce malls that'll blow you away, okay? They will. But I'm going to tell you, they will not and cannot produce peace. Only Jesus can bring peace in your life. Only Jesus. I want you to go real quick to Romans 5.1. I know I'm trying to cover a bunch today. Go to Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Verse 1. Romans 5.1. Therefore, remember what I taught you about therefore. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we've been justified through faith in Christ Jesus, we have peace. Why? Because once you get saved, once you've been justified, once you've been redeemed, once you've been born again, the Spirit of God, Jesus in the flesh, he lives inside of us. He comes inside of us, spirit field, and lives inside of us. So the, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is peace. It's one of the fruits, man. Okay, you, you have peace. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. You can't manufacture it. It's only at your disposal if you have been saved and born again, redeemed and justified. You can't, man. Meet Jesus and you will have peace and walk in him. All right. Let's go back to Psalms. Go back to go back to Psalm 119. Look at uh, look at verse 169. 169. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplications come before you. Deliver me according to your promises. What's 171? May my lips overflow with praise. For you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all the commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. Isn't that beautiful? May I sing of your word. May I praise your word. May I trust in you. May I walk with you. May you hold my hand. May your, may your commands always be upon my heart. You see what he's over and over and over again. It's almost like he has a conversation for 176 verses with himself. You read it. It's constantly repetitive. It's like 
He faces this, and he's reminded of the word and what it does in him. He, he, he does this, and he's reminded of what the word does in him and through him. It's constant. For you and me, we're just like that. We're just like Psalm 119. We are. We walk in the word, and then there's a season we may get out of the word a little bit, and then we're reminded that we have got to get back in the word. And I don't know where you are right now. You may be in a season where you're in the word, boy, you're good. But you may be in a season right now where you haven't been in the Word a little bit. You're coming out of summer, no routine, everything goes free and easy. And you may just come right on into the school year just like that. But one of the things that really helps, man, when fall gets here and, and, and kids go back to school and routines start, we go back into a routine of getting in the Word. So this morning, let me ask you, how are you doing in the Word? Have you got that schedule? Have you blocked that time? Are you protecting that? Because you say, well, I, I'm, I'm hoping that is. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not going to happen. Well, if I can get up and just handle a couple things at the office, and I'll be ready to go. If I can just, I got to check some emails first. If I can just, I got to get them texts that came through overnight, and I get them answered, then I'll have some time. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't, because you're just like me. You're just like me, and I'm just like you. If I pick up the phone, <laughs> I'm toast. I never, I never get it back. If I start something, I, I, ne- I mean, let's just be, let me tell you how shallow I am, how shallow I am. You know what I want to do this morning when I got to my office at 6.15? Rangers play at Anaheim. Houston already lost. We pick up a game with a win, all right? It's one-to-one when I went to bed. One-to-one, all right? Can somebody just score, please, before I go to bed so I have a better feeling? One-to-one. I wanted to look at my phone this morning to see if we're two back or we're three back, all right? I didn't do it. I know I'm a sports junkie. If I do it, if I see the score, I'm going ESPN, and then if I go to ESPN, I'm going Dallas Morning News. I want to read what they say about the hometown, hometown team. I don't look at it. I get in the Word. I study. I pray. I'm telling you what I'm praying. I'm thinking. I got. I wonder what the score was. And I, oh, I'm so. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm drifting. Y'all do the same thing. All right. I finally got done. I came over here. Started making coffee. And while I'm in here making coffee for all you, because I love you, I looked at my phone and the Rangers won two to one. Bless the Lord. Got a run in the eight. Bless the Lord. And Tolson closed it out in the ninth. Bless the Lord. All right. That's. I, if I if I didn't if I if I promise you. I promise you, I wouldn't have prayed or I would have done it real fast, an add-on to my day. And I'm being as honest as I can because you and I are just alike. I guarantee you, Lee McCaslin, if he picks his phone up, he's going to check the Cubs, and it'll derail his whole day if they win or lose, all right? That's just how we are, man. We'll check the office. We'll check everything. So I'm asking you, don't, don't conform to the pattern of the world. Don't, because I'm telling you to suck you in, keep you longer than you want to stay, take you further than you want to go. It will. We're not of this world. Grab that word, grab that coffee, and walk out in that crisp morning that Jesus gave you and sit before his feet so you'll know where your feet need to go. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, you're good. Man, you're good. You love us. You're crazy about us. All you want to do, this is incredible, is to be able to say it. 
but you created everything. And then you said, no, something's missing. I want to hang out with my people. And he created us. He created us. Only for fellowship. He just wanted to hang with us. God, we cheat him. God, I pray that we, your people, number one, created by you, for many of us in this room, saved and redeemed and justified by your son Jesus on a cross for that relationship with you. And God, I pray that it is for forever going to be first in our life. We don't grab nothing else, nothing but you, your word and your presence, God. Father, today, on Labor Day weekend, draw us back to you. Draw us back to your word. And in this invitation time, God, you've spoken. Give our feet the courage and guts to do what it needs to do in obedience, God. We love you and praise you in Christ's name.